Hello and welcome to the Shepherd Walwyn podcast series. My name is Jonathan Brown. Shepherd Walwyn is a campaigning book publisher based in London, England. Our purpose is to uncover and promote new ideas to society's oldest problems. And whilst our specialty is ethical economics, something Anthony Werner, our driving force for over 40 years, has pioneered, we have branched out over the years to other related areas such as the environment and the lives and works of society's change agents. These podcasts promote ideas we're convinced can actually help us build a better society for all of us. So have a listen and be sure to share with your friends if you like them, but also tell us what you think. These are debates we all need to be part of. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the final instalment of the Dom Frisbee interview. Now in this conversation we discuss the challenges facing government around the world and the rise of what some call the sovereign individual, also known as a digital nomad. We consider the implications of increasing government spending with reduced tax revenues. We look at what countries can do to maintain or even increase tax revenue when those who generate the most income can move between borders seemingly at will. And this then leads us into a discussion of cryptocurrencies. Now Dom was an early adopter in the space, writing what I believe is the first book on Bitcoin with a major publisher. And in spite of this, we find out why Dom isn't worth hundreds of millions of dollars today, even though his investments should be. It's an absolute heartbreaker. But we then finish on a high note on looking at what Dom is working on now. We hope you enjoy it. You talk in your book as well, especially Daylight Robbery, about how currently governments around the world have got have still got a choice to introduce a, a lower tax regime, more freedom, innovation, attract innovators into their into their countries. Um, but you you talk about the rise of the of the gig gig economy or of freelancers, the rise of Bitcoin, and the way in which people are now increasingly able to act the way that big companies have been acting for the last 20 or so years of receiving payment wherever they wherever they get taxed the least and then leaving it offshore or moving it back in you know as and when it suits them um, and you talk about the current the coming crisis of of the government's increased spending more and more money and yet tax receipts going down because individuals have got more freedom to to move around the world and to and to be paid in in different currencies, some of which are untraceable. Yeah, this is a huge dynamic. One of the things that frustrates so many of us is that there are two sets of rules. And you have these globalized companies like Google and Facebook and uh, Starbucks and whoever it is. And because they're able to base themselves in multiple jurisdictions around the world, they are able to put their IP in one place, their copyright in another, their corporate headquarters somewhere else. And they all pay each other for the use of the IP and so on and so forth. And they can basically decide how much tax they want to pay. And I think the year before last, I paid more tax than Facebook <laughs> in the UK. Uh, you know, it, Facebook, you know, and I mean, a lot of those tech companies are deliberately not profitable so that they don't have to pay taxes. They call tax leakage. And so that's fine. They're doing what they're doing. But then you get an ordinary worker like me in my country, and I'm paying more um, taxes than a half trillion dollar international corporation. And you're like, how is that right? It's obviously slightly different to that because there's all sorts of taxes that Facebook pays along the way and its workers pay taxes and so on. But it's globalization that has enabled those corporations to do what they do. Well, that same force of globalization 
is coming to workers. The fastest growing worker in the world, the fastest growing is the, the freelancer. But until COVID struck, it was specifically um, the digital nomad. And the workforce in 2035 is going to be nine. The, the population in 2035 is going to be nine billion globally, of which six billion will be workers, of which roughly half will be freelancers of some kind. And when you're a freelancer, you don't pay a freelancer doing the same job as a guy in regular employment will typically pay lower levels of tax because he finds more stuff to write off and so on. Uh, somebody in regular employment has his tax deducted at source. Freelancers, there's all sorts of scope for non-compliance, whether deliberate or otherwise. And all the studies have shown that a freelancer doing the same job will result in less money to the government. But people who go freelance all enjoy much higher levels of work satisfaction because they work when they like on their terms, flexible working hours, blah, blah, blah. They feel like they have more freedom and autonomy. And so this might be anything from a, an Uber driver in the gig economy right through to uh, a, I don't know, some CEO of a multinational corporation who bases himself in the Channel Islands or something. They're all... They're all different types of gig workers. And it's thought that by now factoring that roughly 50% of government revenue worldwide derives from income taxes, but about one half of the workforce, probably by the end of this decade, will be in the will be gig workers in the freelance economy one way or another. And of that, one third will be digital nomads. So for example, like I'm just starting this new Substack channel. And I'm very excited about this Substack channel and all your listeners should uh, definitely subscribe where you'll get all my wonderful investment advice. Let's just say I got 10,000 subscribers to my Substack channel or no, let's say they pay hundred pounds a year. I've got a million quid. So I'm gonna have to pay 40% of that to the government to do my job, which is to write a newsletter on Substack. Now let's just say, okay, I'm going to go and live in uh, I'm going to go and live in Panama. I want to go and live on the beach and I write my newsletter on the beach. Uh, and I'm going to become if you leave the UK after like a year or something, as long as I spend less than 90 days here or whatever the number is, um, I can become a resident of Panama. I can read. I'm no longer liable to pay income tax here in the UK. And so suddenly that one million pound of earnings will be tax free. Or be, I have to pay tax in the country that I'm living. And more and more individuals are working in the gig economy. And they're going, do you know what? I don't need to be in London anymore. Uh, and I don't need to pay London house prices. I can go and do whatever I do, my web design or my graphic design or my trading or my newsletter or whatever it is. I can go and do that in France. Or actually, I hear Lisbon's got all sorts of uh, things in place uh, to, to attract workers. So I'm going to go and live, live in Lisbon and pay Lisbon taxes and Lisbon's hot, it's really nice. And then you go to Lisbon, then you're in Lisbon for six months. Yeah, it's cool. I've done Lisbon now. I'm going to go to Chiang Mai. And so you go to Chiang Mai and there's huge, there's just a huge international community of digital nomads, people who can do what they do from anywhere in the world. And so they go anywhere in the world. And particularly when they're young, they want to travel. Same as I did. I said at the beginning when I was in my 20s, I wanted to travel. And so they travel. Now, COVID's obviously made it slightly harder than it was, but it's still there. And there's all sorts of Facebook and social networking groups for 
these people and they all find out where the best rent is and where the best tax is. And, da, da, da. and there's a city in China that's actually designing itself to attract um, digital nomads. And it's the fastest growing workforce in the world. And it is not clear to whom they pay taxes if they are not specifically domiciled anywhere. And a lot of them, there's just so much scope for non-compliance because the tax systems are so antiquated. In many cases, even if people are trying to be compliant, they can't because the tax laws aren't clear. Many of them think, well, why if I'm from the UK and I don't live in the UK, why should I pay tax to the UK? Because I don't use UK education. I don't use the healthcare. I don't use any of the services. And do you know what? I was sick of the UK anyway. That's why I left. So I don't want to fund it with my taxes. A lot of Digital nomads will have that same thought process. And it's not just Europeans or North Americans. It's Asians and Africans and South Americans. You know, there's migrant workers from everywhere. And this huge migrant workforce will be harder to collect income tax from in the way that it is currently collected. And that is a huge dynamic. Um, one of the reasons government have been able to grow so big is because income tax has been easy to collect because it collects it at source. It makes it the responsibility of the employing company to collect that tax. But when there is no one employing company, digital nomads are working everywhere for multiple different things. The collection of income tax will be much harder. And just as government is ratcheting it up, it's spending. Another dynamic going on is that income taxes are going to be harder to collect. And you're going to get this two tier global economy, which was described by William Rees-Mogg, Jacob Rees-Mogg's dad in his book, The Sovereign Individual, of two types of individual, one who is trapped in a physical economy in their country of birth, and the other sovereign individual who can go anywhere and do anything. And I promise you, no government leader is thinking, actually, we need to redesign our tax systems to accommodate this new globalised workforce. But the same Possibilities of globalization that allow for Google and Facebook and Starbucks to pay low levels of tax is going to apply to ordinary workers as well. And you, your people go, oh, well, when you have a family, you settle down in one country. Well, the evidence is that, funnily enough, people don't. They carry on traveling. And uh, it seems bizarre, but they do. And in any case, many families will settle down in places where they pay very little tax. So even that dynamic uh, is at play. And, and, you know, you'll have people who have um, multiple houses. They'll have a house in, you know, they'll have one house in Costa Rica and they'll have another house in Thailand and they'll have another house in Lisbon or wherever it is. And they just, as they earn more money, because they will, because they're paying fewer taxes or lower taxes, they'll have more properties and, and they'll just flip between those countries there's even a thing you know we work you know the organization we work yeah. um, i was listening to a presentation by the another day by so we work has uh offices in cities all around the world and if you're a member of we work you can work in any of those offices that's basically i think how we work works is that correct uh, i think so i think so <laughs> you can certainly get right anyway. to, to go to the office it's yeah. certainly easier for you to do that so there's now a thing called WeWork, but for schools. So if so, when you're educating your kids, if you happen to be in Cartagena, you go to the WeWork in Cartagena, the WeWork school in Cartagena, and you educate your kids there. And if you've now moved to Chiang Mai, well, you do the WeWork in Chiang Mai. Hmm. And so, again, that's just doing all these new businesses will cater for the uh, for the digital nomad. And it's going to have a huge impact on government um, 
government incomes. And, and, and you know, and one of the, when I look at your um, career and, um, and your interest as well, so financially, I mean, you look at your expertise in, in metals um, and also as it moved in Bitcoin, as, as far as I'm aware, I think, did you not write the, the yeah. first book on Bitcoin that was from a major publisher? Um, I did, 2013, 2014. That's another thing, this international workforce of digital nomads, they all use cryptocurrencies, which, are, you know, if you're using government money, you can, can regulate tax and control it regulating cryptocurrencies and taxing it is is a much harder thing and it all has to happen after the event and it re relies on the honesty of the of the um person submitting their tax returns and it's and you know it's there's much more scope for non-compliance than there is with taxes that are deducted at source mm. and i think that yeah so on your um so on your new substack channel then are you going to be integrating your insights in in gold and bitcoin and and other stuff in on giving investment advice yeah i'm going to do at least one report every month for paid subscribers with an investment recommendation and it will be a properly it will always be something that i'm investing in myself and there'll be lots of free content you know to entertain and and to interest and stuff um which is some of that content will be available elsewhere but the the paid one will be specific investment recommendations and that's why um i'm that's why it's paid for because you know you'll be able to make money out of it and then hopefully the money you make out of it will more than justify the cost of the subscription hmm. and so what's your what's your current perspective on on um cryptocurrencies um well it's the future it's inevitable technology is destiny money has always been defined by technology um it's also the wild west i, I look at these new crypto coins and 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 you people are making like you know 100 times their money in a year and i'm like how did you find that coin um it's a full-time job keeping track of it but i believe that everyone should have some exposure to it you know even if it's just five percent of their portfolio in bitcoin whatever it is because i mean how much bigger can Bitcoin get from where are we now? $40,000 a coin. You just think, well, but, you know, relative to gold, it's still tiny and there's a scalability to the digital economy. But on the other hand, tech is after the gains of the last 10 years, tech's having a bit of a pullback. So I sort of describe four phases to Bitcoin. It goes through these four phases. It goes through quiet accumulate, accumulation, massive bull market and blow off top horrible correction and frustrating consolidation and then it goes from frustrating consolidation back into quiet accumulation and at the moment i think we're in a, one of those frustrating consolidation phases but the potential of the space is huge and i will be making lots of crypto uh investment uh, recommendations but i'll try and make them as low risk as i possibly can because you know, while you can make a lot of money, you can lose a lot of money as well. And I know um, at the risk of, of reactivating old trauma, um, you actually were early invested into, into Bitcoin and yet you, you got hacked and, and you had it stolen. But yeah, I got hacked. Uh, when was it? 2014. And, and uh, I didn't think anyway, I had all my Bitcoin stolen in 2014. It was pretty, it was pretty okay. harsh coming. It's I'm by no means alone. It's happened to so many people. and. Um, it's really, really hard to deal with because, um, you know, 
I'd be worth hundreds of millions now. Amazing. That, <laughs> I'm that's all right, you know, I'm comfortably uh, off, but I'm not worth hundreds of millions, unfortunately. Yeah, I was I was listening to you say one time you wanted to put on a show in the West End, and that would have been a, a you know a click of your fingers kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. But, it, yeah, but that show specific... that show is coming. I've, we've made it, but we haven't made it on in um, West End form. We've done an audio version of it, and it's like. In, within the next month or two, it's coming out and it's going to be the most amazing audio experience you ever have in your life. I have realised that particular dream and I'm very proud of myself having done that. That's amazing. What's it about? Can you tell it's us? It's about Vackies. It's about Vackies in World War II. It's a musical about Vackies in World War II. My dad was evacuated from London to Cornwall in World War II and it's about the story of his evacu evacuation. And it is the best thing you will ever hear. It's going to be even better than The Sound of Music. <laughs> sound of music's regarded as the best musical ever but this is better so it's going back to on, the, on the on the bitcoin stuff you, you i think that one of sure. the things that our listeners will be particularly interested in, in is your insights into security um, but also as well is it how to manage the risk and, and acknowledge that it is an amazing space and you can you know if you can go up to i mean it's you know bitcoin's thing you can shoot up and then drop 80 percent and then come back again and um, and deal with the emotional swings, which I think from your experience of being in the space for nearly 10 years now, um, I think you've certainly got the scars to to say, hang on a second, let's just, let's take a chill pull on that Don't one. use leverage. <laughs> Don't use leverage. There's a short answer to that one. Don't right. use leverage. Okay. So Dom, if you, um, if you send us a link to the, um, to the substack, we can put that in the, um, in the show notes. Um, if there's Will anything do. else you can, you can do. I'll also put a link into the Adam Smith, show because i think that's a, it really is worth um a fantastic watch and it, it gives a lot of your ideas in of what you you know the society that you that you're trying to promote um yeah and so we'll, um, jonathan we'll i'd like that. to thank you because um you've just uh you know you've read some of my books or all of my books and, and and watch my films and come to my shows it's really good to have be interviewed by somebody who knows your stuff as well as that and so I'm very grateful to you for all the prep that you've done and, and also for the uh, uh, enthusiasm that you've shown about what I do. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's, um, it's certainly worth it. It's a fabulous, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, one of those things where you read, you're getting to your reading your stuff and then you think, oh, blimey, I really do need to read that now. And I'm reading, I need to read this as well and stuff. So um, I think I'll, I will certainly direct people to your substack because I think there could be some, there could be some great opportunities there for, for learning what you've uh, learning your insights. So Dom, thanks so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this series of podcasts with Dom Frisby. Now, be sure to check out the other links in the show notes. Um, Dom's material on Amazon, his free YouTube channel. Also, his comedy, which is well worth a, a listen and um, underwatch. Um, but also check out his new subscription service on gold, crypto and other investment ideas. So until next time, keep thinking. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd Walwyn podcast. To explore these ideas further, be sure to visit our website, www.shepherdwalwin.com and join our mailing list for news and special offers. Check out our authors and buy the books to learn more and you can also find us on social media. Links are also on the website. And if you like the podcast, please head over to iTunes or Spotify to give us a review. It's surprisingly helpful in getting the ideas out there. So until next time, keep reading. <laughs>